so much for listening in. If you are new to the show, welcome. We are here to talk about poetry. Specifically, we are here to amplify the voice of Black, Brown, and Indigenous poets. I believe that their wisdom, their experience, their creativity, and their guidance is vital to any form of creative expression. So if you're listening and you're not a poet, you still can learn something. If you're listening and you are a poet, then, oh my gosh, like you need to take notes because we are talking to an amazing poet, one of the faves. He is Afro-Panamanian. So for all my Afro-Latinx people who are listening, this is really for you. This is really an amazing opportunity to listen in on an experience that may be familiar to you, but is definitely foreign to me. And that's what I love about art. I love the ability to learn the authentic experience of someone. And Daryl shares his poem, Thu, which is loosely based on the song, A Song by Shakira. But in the poem, he talks about love and he talks about being from another country and about surviving traumatic experiences and just the intersections of love and pain and pleasure and joy and all of the things. If you are not new to the show and you are returning, thank you for listening to me once again. Uh, Today is going to be different. We are going to listen to Daryl read his own poem, which is amazing. You'll hear Shakira references. There will be singing. It's going to be amazing. And we are going to talk about the poem and draw some own question, our own questions of reflection together organically. And we're just going to talk about love. Our theme is love. Can you believe it? It's one of the age old topics for any poet to speak on. And yet, It is such a fresh take. His poem is a fresh take on the tragedy, the beauty, and really how love bears all things. It's it's really, really great. I'm so excited for y'all to listen. There will not be a poem for me at the end of this episode. We're just gonna we're just gonna talk to Daryl. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm so excited for our guest today. Can you believe it? We actually have a guest on the show. This is amazing. Uh, A person by the name of Daryl Alejandro Holness. If you haven't heard of him, you're, you're, you're sleeping. Okay. We are going to talk about a poem that he's written that is amazing. I'm so excited. It features some singing. If you guys know, I sing my intro, so I'm like into all the music. So this is really, really exciting. Um, Everybody, give your hands up for Daryl. Yay! Tiny claps in the background. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm chilling. It's uh, a great day in New York City. There is lots of rain and a tropical storm with a name that I'm envious of. <laughs> Henri, which is a, such Ooh, a beautiful name. Yes. You know? um, I love it. So that is so fun. I miss New York. I went to undergrad in New York in Queens, actually. 
So I'm familiar with the area. We also are having a tropical whatever lightning has happened in North Carolina. So we're just dealing with all the things. Tell everyone who you are, what you've been doing. If they're not familiar with you, let's get into it. Yeah, my name is Darla Alejandro Holness. I'm so happy to be on this podcast today. I will be reading a poem from my book, Stepmotherland, which won the Andres Montoya Poetry Prize and will be released in February of 2022 uh, on Notre Dame Press. Yes. I just had a chapbook released called Migrant Psalms that won the Drinking Gourd Chapbook Prize that was released on Northwestern University Press. So Amazing. Amazing. I love how decorated you are. I mean, we don't need the decorations to prove that you're amazing, but it's amazing that you already have them already in on deck. Um, and you're originally from Panama, right? Yes, that's right. Soy Panameño, 507. Okay, <laughs> okay. I hope there's people in Panama listening. If that if they are, <laughs> that's amazing. I wish I, I would love to go. Um, so amazing, so awesome. I'm so grateful that you're on the show. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna have him read through the poem and we'll get a chance to just talk and reflect on the poem. As you guys heard earlier, the poem, the podcast today is about love. We're talking about partnership and romance. Are you in a relationship right now? Are you single? Are you I- I am in a relationship right now. Oh my gosh. Are you in love? I am definitely in love. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm <laughs> I'm so excited to get into it. Um, I'm also coupled with someone and yes. uh yeah. <laughs> and yes. it's so it's so crazy because he helped me move to North Carolina and we are now doing long distance. So mm-hmm. there will be many a poem written about missing somebody oh well (laughs) say that absence makes the heart grow yes exactly exactly I think it will happen let's get into your poem I'm gonna give you your space and do your things and then we'll come back and just reflect on everything that you said In the music video, it looks like Shakira is dying. I want to die for you, although we've just met. Give you my bones to help you stand taller and my feet for you to walk on when yours are worn. This is what she sings, love worth dying for. Seven years ago, I loved her video and now hear its song wailing in my head as I struggle to hear what you're saying. A good omen at Cafe Adobe, the setting of our first date. Make love to me on this table for two. I don't need my flesh if I have you. So devour my body as you need, breaking into the garden. Past the wall that keeps our home countries, my Panama, your Rwanda, out on the other side. Your sins, washed in my old blood and complexion, sing out. Listen to the unusual yodel in my throat, a ballad as I nail my limbs to this restaurant table. Eres tu amor, mis ganas de reír, el adiós que no sabré decir, porque nunca podré vivir. 
sin ti. But for this feast to nourish your body, we must first pray, or at least say we believe in something. I don't believe in this nation, but can in your naked grace. Come, make me a man of faith. Leave your body too, if you'd like. In my country, I dreamed of leaving my body all the time. The scar below my right eye is flesh broken by soldiers trying to scare my mother into telling them my father's whereabouts. My sun-kissed undertone torn open reveals an ancestor's to sinless shame, mejorando la raza. But I don't want to be whiter, just free, sweetly delivered into your dark matter and its boundlessness, reborn into love, risen in translation. Uh, I feel like I just like, I just lit out my side like I was holding my breath the whole time I first of all these vocals let's talk about it <laughs> let's talk about it these vocals I love it okay so the is it from the song through by Shakira that those okay yeah tell me yes, about your connection to this song why why is the song on your mind yeah I think the song came out when I was you know, early, early in my teenhood. And I was learning that love could mean devotion mm. and that love could mean surrender. And in this song, Shakira surrenders her body over to her lover. She mm. gives her lover, her bones, her skin, her hair, her eyes, and there's something really beautiful about that level of selflessness mm -hmm. yeah. about that kind of generosity. And when I was on this date, the date that's the subject of this poem, I felt like it was love at first sight. Mm. And immediately that song came into my head. And I felt that I was ready to give someone something that I had never given them before or that I had never given anyone else before it was the first time that I fell in love in the United States and it was a love I'll, I'll forever remember wow was it scary I think it was exciting I think it was scary for me it wasn't confusing for me it wasn't uh, unexpected, surprising. I think I've always been open to love and I think um, I've always been inspired by it. And so, um, but I had never felt a love so strong. And mm. of course this felt like love at first sight, but the relationship grew beyond that and it turned into a real love. Mm. you know and um one of my favorite songs growing up when I was a kid <laughs> uh was Mary J Blige real love yeah I'm searching for that real, real love yeah yeah and so I think um 
I on this date I was hoping that that was it and yeah fortunately that date led to another date led to another date led to a relationship and that was beautiful when I wrote this poem the relationship was over when I wrote this poem yes I was in graduate school I was sitting across from uh, Kyla who was this friend of mine in grad school and we were at um Sweetwater's Cafe in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And mm. she was doing work. She was a graduate student in a different program. And I was trying to write my work on some poems for my thesis. And I was listening to the song again and remembering that first date. And this poem just poured out of me. Wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So. You wrote this after you had this experience. Tell me about the place that I see in this poem, because I feel like there's so much movement happening. Mm -hmm. And I love the way that, I mean, Shakira's iconic for her hips, right? So it's like this, (laughs) this movement that I'm seeing both in this vision of the woman there's the movement between Panama and Rwanda. Mm-hmm. There's this like way that kind of my eyes glaze on like to different parts of the body as you're mm-hmm. describing where you're looking, how how romance and first glances happen. Like if you kind of had to set a setting for like where this is happening, what would you say that is? Yeah, you know, I think we're in the world of the music video at the top of the poem. And then as we move through it, we're in Cafe Adobe, which was this awesome Mexican Tex-Mex restaurant in Houston that closed because they oh, wanted no. to expand the highway or something. And so Shut. they like demolished it and built uh, a road. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It was delicious. It was so wow. good. Yeah, very popular. Was it a brown and, neighborhood? I'm assuming so. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- so much of Houston is is our brown neighborhoods. This right. is a, yeah, so yes, wow. I'm going to say. And um, my roommate, my college roommate at the time, Jordan, drove me to the state because I didn't have a car yet. And um, that's real friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was great. And he was really excited for me. And then the relationship actually took off and went somewhere. So that was that was thrilling. Um, But we are we're very much in the world of Houston, you know, as well. And and Houston is a city that I love. And it's it's not a city that a lot of people really think of as beautiful Mm. because it is a city made up of towering highways and mm. lots of traffic. And yes. so yes. you are, you know, you spend so much of your time when you're in Houston in a car. And uh, I, don't, I don't think you, for a lot of people, they don't get to access uh, all, all of the beauty that Houston has to offer. But I always tell people, wait till you fall in love. If you mm. fall in love with the city of, if you fall in love when you're in the city of Houston, you'll fall in love with the city of Houston. Mm. And every time I go back and visit, I... I really cherish the time that I get to spend in the places that I fell in love and, and these types of restaurants, you know, is, right. is one of them because they're, 
I remember the food was really affordable when I was a college student. And so important. Very so important, important when you're like 19 and dating <laughs> to yes. be able to pay the bill at the right. end of the date. Right. Um, and it was delicious and it still felt special, you know, and it was just a short drive from campus. Yes. All of those things were, were factors, you know, Yes. in my love life. And so that, that was great. And I think what was special for me about this poem is being able to bring all of that down to love at this table for two. Right. Right. Because there was Rwanda, there was Panama, there was Houston, there was, you know, Tex-Mex culture, there was Mm. all of that at play. But at the end of the day, it was just me. Yeah. And the person that was staring into my eyes. That intimacy mm-hmm. you can really see happening throughout the poem. Like, I love the idea of a love worth dying for. <laughs> I think that seems to be really prominent in, in what Shakira is saying and, and kind of this idea of like, I never knew I could experience a love that feels this way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think uh, our listeners could learn and just reflect on in regards to a love that is worth dying for, what does that mean to you to to say, I want to die for you, although we've just met? What does that mean to you? Yeah, you know, I think for anyone who's in their teens, that's the highest form of love that you could find is the love that you think if you lose it leads to a psychic death, which is like, uh, you know. You preaching, you preaching. That's and so there's there's that level that's operating in this poem, but then there's also the fact that you know the person that I fell in love with and we were on a date, uh, you, uh, her family survived the Rwandan genocide. Wow. Mm-hmm. And my family survived a dictatorship in Panama too. Oh and, my goodness. And when you find a love worth dying for, it's the love that will save your life. And at this time at Cafe Adobe, you know, we're in a place of peace. Yeah. We're in a safe space. But I think when you are one generation or two removed from that kind of war and strife and struggle yeah then you do carry it with you every time that you hope because Mm. you know that your ancestors had to find the kind of love that helped them endure that helped them survive and so even though we were not in the middle of a war having had parents who had gone through that I think really inspired us to both try to find the kind of love that could save a life. And that ultimately is the kind of love that's worth dying for, you know? Yes. And um, so I think there were a lot of those hopes on the first date, you know, even though it was just a first date, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but to be on a first date where you share something so terrifying, I can only imagine 
your definition of what it means to love someone has to change when you experience something like that, right? Because mm-hmm. it can't be empty because I know that my life is at risk every day. Yeah. Like I, I know that that pain is imminent and I've probably already experienced something traumatic. And so it's not as simple as I like you today, but you do something that gets on my nerves. So you're gone and out of my life. It is every day you leave my presence. I am mm-hmm. deeply aware that I could lose you. Yeah. And so what it means to love you is to really be protective. It's really to know your surroundings, to be aware, but it is also to make someone feel like when they are with you, they are the only person that matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And part of me think, feels like there's something a little naive about that, mm. but it's something that as I get older, I try to hold on to. There's something that feels more mature about cynicism mm. and immature in a way about like hope <laughs> right sadly yes. you know yes um yes. but i i try to hold on to that because i do think that even a love that's very practical can still have fireworks mm-hmm. you know definitely um when i was younger i would only be looking for fireworks and sometimes the relationship would be missing practical things like great communication styles, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to just function. Yeah. Um, and I think there are versions of love stories where it leans too far in the other direction, where everything is perfect on paper, but it lacks that spark. Mm. And so I think now I'm in a place where I have found a love that has those practical elements, but we also have that spark. We also have that love worth dying for. We also have that, um, cross the ocean, fight a war, right? you know, um, that kind of love. And I think that, I think that it, it was important for me to experience that as I was coming of age, yeah. because now I know as an adult that it still has value. Mm. And had I not been devoted to that kind of passion, then I think maybe I would take it for granted now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm really grateful for the relationship that started with this first date and all of the things that it taught me about love because it made me a lifelong learner of love, Mm. you know, Mm. and open to, yeah. That's so important too, because I think at some point we believe that, you know, we've come across our true definition of love, right? It feels like you're always evolving to think that either love has changed or I never really knew what love was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's both, right? Sometimes, sometimes it's this chasing after, sometimes you have to redefine what it is. Sometimes it's, it, you realize your definition of love was so narrow Mm -hmm. and so Mm small-minded and you just become awakened to how vast it really can be. I love this line in your poem, I don't believe in this nation, but can in your naked grace. It makes me think so much about, well, of course it's like really sexy. I love the like nakedness, but you mentioned before, you both are really survivors of this terrifying experience um, in your home countries and you come to America and Houston is 
oh, kind of diverse, right? Like there's a lot of black people, but you're still, you would still be recognized as black in America, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so this system of anti-blackness and what Mm -hmm. it means to exist in a world where you have really overcome so many terrible and tragic things that are, you know, really threats to your life. And then you come to America where you still have threats on your life. They may be more overt, you know, but they're still there, right? We know Black Lives Matter movement and all of the content that we've seen online, terrible, tragic videos that we've had to watch. All of these things are coming together and they're at play. And so it almost, like you said, feels naive to be like, yeah, I have hope that one day I can marry you. Like, it sounds naive to be like, why would you even believe that your life is going to last to the end of the night? Someone mm-hmm. could come into your home. You could be Breonna mm-hmm. Taylor. Like, it could mm-hmm. be anything. Mm-hmm. So what would, what are you thinking about when you're writing about not believing in this nation? What does that mean to you in the context of love? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think that for a lot of people, the American dream is about economic progress. And I really focus on the pursuit of happiness component for mm-hmm. me. And uh, when I came to this country, uh, I read this book by Barbara Ehrenreich called Nickel and Dimed. Okay. And it's, uh, it's kind of a contentious book in that some people find it to be problematic and objectionable, which I'm sure it is. I've read some of those arguments. Um, but something positive that I did take away from it was that um, was how the odds are stacked against you mm. in this country. It's it's a she is an undercover journalist who um, uh, pretends to be an immigrant. She's a white woman, and wow. she. Uh, tries to live on women minimum wage and tips uh, for a period of time and writes about what that experience is like and how it's virtually impossible to escape the cycle of poverty mm. and how and makes an argument for there to be more um, social welfare programs ultimately um, and more mm. support for people if we really want to fight poverty and, and, and et cetera. I, I read the book a long time ago, so I'm, okay. I hope that I rem- I'm remembering it correctly. But <laughs> as you can imagine, it's also a little problematic that she's like pretending to be an immigrant when she's not. And right. like, as much as she can pretend, does that ever really mean that she knows, et cetera. Right. Right. Um, but it was just always clear to me from the beginning that this idea that the obstacles have all been cleared there are no more uh you know landmines in the field Mm. you know that's that's a fantasy it is uh and so but i but i do believe that i can still find happiness here Mm. because if i didn't believe that then i would leave period yeah (laughs) and so happiness to me especially at that age really looked like and continues to look like love Mm. you know Uh, sharing love, giving love, receiving love, making love, finding love. And so I don't believe in this nation, but I can believe in your naked grace Mm. in the beauty in the intimacy and the trust 
in the support and the compassion that we share with each other physically and emotionally in a relationship, you know, that's really what matters. That's really what, that's really an important way of sharing joy with someone. Yes. Um, and the kind of love that also comes from consent, you know, the love that comes from communication, the love that comes from right. trust yes, and from good listening as well. And so that's what I wanted to capture. That's what I wanted to point to. And that's what I felt in that moment. Mm. You know, that's, that's the faith. That's the hope that I found. It wasn't suddenly I, I believed that I could, I don't know, pay off my student loans. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's never going to happen. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's more that I, I, the, the first date was a reminder that that kind of happiness was out there for me in this country. Mm. And that you, kept me going. Do you think that, that, you know, almost what you described as like possibly naive kind of optimism and things like that and the belief in this nation was tied to the fact that it was the first date? Like, do you think this would be the same conversation if it was like the fifth date, the 20th date? Or is there something about the newness in meeting someone and in trying to learn more about their home countries and your connections and all of these experiences? Because I think when people try to tell this you know, immigrant story that, oh, people just came here and, you know, they're talking about Italian immigrants, right? Like they're talking about white immigrants who they have amassed certain amounts of wealth. And as you mentioned, it's part of this American dream of, of developing capital and all of these things. That nexus of a particular event and time and space is so important to how their story has turned out, right? So I'm thinking about what is important about the time and space by which you meet this person and how that is affecting the love and the entanglements that you may find in developing that joy in trying to draw that. Are you throwing a Jada Pinkus, Pinkett Smith word at me right now with these <laughs> entanglements? entanglements. <laughs> I definitely use Jada's word, but it's I red, red table talk now. Yes, I would love to. I need a red table. I need a red table. Um, yeah, but I'm just curious because I, man, I feel like I've been on a lot of first dates and sometimes the experience is just jitters. Like it's, I'm not even thinking about love is blind and love at first mm -hmm. sight. All I'm thinking of is how can I make sure I protect myself in this scenario. And there's something really um, disarming about sharing such a tragic experience like you were expressing between Panama and Rwanda. There's something really disarming about even expressing I am open to love. That's very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That is mm -hmm. very, very vulnerable. And not everyone approaches a first date that way. That may happen for them date 20, date 25. Um, and so I'm curious, like in your kind of mindset for what a first date was at that time. And you wrote this poem after the date had happened. Yeah. So it's like, were there other dates that happened or other experiences that you feel could have um, supported some of the things that you talked about here in that optimism and the joy and the love that you were in investigating? Yeah. Well, I wrote about 
this relationship, I wrote about the second date, the third date, the fifth date, the et cetera, um, in poems that are in the book. So definitely check out the book to learn what happens to this young couple on after their first date at Cafe Adobe. <laughs> please, please do y'all. I'm so excited to learn. I'm really like invested at this point. Um, I definitely think that there is a kind of hope that for some people can resemble, there's a kind of hope on a first date that for some of us can resemble the kind of hope that you feel when you come to a country for the first time. Mm. because what you have in mind is is the future right and so just like you might imagine that when you migrate you'll establish yourself you'll buy a home and you'll have a career and you will develop a community right I think similarly when you are exploring the possibility of a new relationship you are thinking about marriage or long-term partnership in some way and um, perhaps having children. Not everybody, but some people. Right. And, um, and I remember as she told me more about her family's experience coming to the United States as refugees, I thought more about my family's experience leaving Panama and during a dictatorship and coming to the United States and then eventually going back. But just what those challenges are around, you know, what happens when you have a militaristic regime that suddenly starts recruiting Mm. young men and I had a cousin who was about to go to college and uh, was getting pulled into this authoritarian wow military and at that moment migrates to the United States so that he has a chance at wow. going to school instead of getting sucked into the military and I think it's a kind of world and a kind of experience that few people understand even yeah. if they understand it intellectually um, very few people can very few people can relate to it really right um, and so even though our experiences and our stories are different there was still a kind of connection there that we felt with each other that we hadn't felt with anybody else in the city mm. and that I think is is a is a lovely foundation for relationship because it's it's founded on something that you know already is unique and you know already is special mm. right so this is not an everyday kind of love right and I think that place has everything to do with that because the place is not just where we are geographically but also where we are in our lives you know, yes. where we are in relation to the stories of our parents and the stories of our childhood and what it means to both be in college at the same time and be on the come up and trying to right the wrongs or fill in the blanks and 
get to the next step beyond what your parents were able to accomplish right and yeah. overcome these the kind of systematic oppression you know that people of color have to navigate often and yeah. the thing about systematic oppression is that unfortunately it stops somebody it stops somebody at some point and then yeah. it's up to the next generation to break through that barrier mm. until they can't go any further and then it's up to the next generation after that to break through the other barrier and so right. but i think what's inspiring about that is that though there's systematic oppression there can also be repeated liberation mm. and every new generation is trying to break through and break past you know and push a little bit further and that is that's a shared dream that we both had going into mm. our relationship and um, one that even though we're not together anymore I think we were still able to realize you know even though it wasn't <laughs> you know I'm with somebody else and she's yeah. with somebody else I think it's still it was beautiful to discover that together. Right. That is so interesting to me. This idea of repeated liberation that I'm really drawn to that phrase as you were talking about systemic oppression. Um, I think it almost is like an oxymoron, right? Like mm. if I'm liberated, how true, or I guess the idea being that true liberation cannot be repeated. It, it is simply is or not. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm really interested in this because I think it has a really nice combination when you're thinking about what it means to have overcome the experience of being under the regime and being liberated from that experience, but then brought to a country where there is not truly, right? Like, as I don't believe in this nation either to offer true freedom mm -hmm. for a, a Black person, a Brown person, any person who has been oppressed in this country. So the idea, I do think that we make improvements, right? Like there's progression in the story of our people. There's, there's progression in that regard. But I don't know, I don't know if repeated liberation makes logical sense to me like I'm, I'm really mm. trying to wrap my brain around mm. like is that really liberation at that point and I think maybe metaphysically right like spiritually and mentally I can be liberated from the system and that can be the breaking of a generational curse it can be breaking of sort of the mental bondage that may come with terror right? Like there's that, as you mentioned earlier, that psychic experience. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. as, as a generation, I can break through maybe one, uh, one version of that, but there will inevitably be more until the system of anti-Blackness and systemic oppression is completely eradicated. Yeah. You know, that, that, that will always, it will always repeat itself. It'll always be there. So that's really interesting um, to think about. It's honestly a great segue into this question that I think my podcast in general kind of poses, which is like the idea of poetry being freedom. Mm. Right. So I'm, I'm curious about your reaction to the phrase poetry is freedom and, you know, going back to this liberation and all of these things, what do you think writing poetry has been for you 
and even writing a poem like this to talk about love and and love being such a vehicle for free expression. What yeah. are you thinking about in in your poetry writing and in this poem in particular? Well, I think poetry for me started as uh, a practice of self care. I think uh, I started writing poetry when I was a teenager and had a lot of thoughts, had a lot of emotions. <laughs> yes. Had a lot to say. And um, poetry became a way of, of expressing that self. Yeah. And um, in a way that, in, in a way that I don't think that my voice and perspective were really accommodated mm. and acknowledged by society at, at the time you know, as someone who was not paying taxes, as someone who was not eligible to vote, mm. right? As someone who couldn't even serve in the military because I was just so young. Like as someone who is also a black and brown body, you know? Right. Um, and so I think even when you are, all of those things that I had mentioned, you know, your land owning and tax paying and your voting and whatever, there's, there are ways that society continues to silence us, erase yes. us, yes. forget us. Um, and poetry, I think, has for me been a way to write against that. It's mm. a way to write against forgetting. It's a way to write against erasure, right? Um, and I've always been interested in writing into American literature stories that were for forgotten by American history books. Mm. And when I say America, I mean the whole continent, not just this country. Yes. And I hope that Stepmotherland is the beginning of that, you know, of what I hope is a, is a longer journey and a lifelong project with my writing overall. I think poetry is freedom. And I'm so glad that you've named your podcast this because <laughs> more people need to know. Yes. Thank you. I love that. I love your story. I love hearing more about the experience. And of course, I love the language. I love, I love your co-mingling of Spanish and, and the context and how you bring us into your life, right? There's not an apology for the language being different. <laughs> There's this way in which we must settle ourselves in what is unknown if we don't know Spanish. And I love that. I love what that does to the reader. Um, and of course, I agree that poetry is freedom. I'm so excited um, that you feel that way as well. Before I let you go, please tell us where we can get Stepmotherland and where we can find you on all the socials and all the things so that everyone, everyone can finish learning about what happened after these dates. I'm, I want to know. <laughs> so you can pre-order my book on Amazon. It's called Stepmotherland. And I'm Daryl Alejandro Holness. And it is available from Notre Dame University Press. And you can find me on Instagram at Black Boy Travel Joy. I love that name. Is there a history, a story behind the name? I when I found you, I was like, is he is he a travel blogger now? Like what's going on? <laughs> Do you love to travel? Are you, do you I, have wanderlust? <laughs> I love to travel. I definitely have wanderlust. I, I realized 
um, what, when was this? Maybe 2017, I realized that um, being able to travel is really just about prioritizing travel mm. for a lot of us. And yeah. um, wherever you are, you can always get to know the places that are around you, no matter what your budget is. Um, you know, when I was a graduate student in Michigan, sometimes I couldn't really afford to fly to Tokyo as I desired, <laughs> but I could buy a Greyhound bus ticket and for a couple hours, take a day trip to a town nearby and go to an art museum, yes. go to a cultural event, go to a spoken word event, you know, um, and I've traveled to China. I've been all over the world. I've been to Kenya, you know, um, but it doesn't always have to look like that. Sometimes it can look like just an everyday trip. And I think there's no shame in um, finding a solid means to an end. Right. Was the Greyhound anything compared to, was the level of comfort on a Greyhound bus anything compared to you know, first class on British Airways as I'm flying to London? Probably no, not. of course. But like, who cares? Because yeah. it's the destination that is the actual journey, yes. you know, uh, where yeah. the journey happens rather than just where you sit for a couple of hours. So I would say like, no shame and no shade. Just do what you can to get where you need to go. Right. Right. In true immigrant style. Of yes. <laughs> Do what you can yes. to get where you need to go. Okay. Look, I studied abroad in Sevilla in the south of Spain. And oh my gosh, those Ryanair flights, which are like $30, 30, mm-hmm. $60. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like it's, I mean, it's a little better than spirit, but it, you know, someone <laughs> might compare it to like a spirit, like a cheap yeah. flight or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't care. I want to go to Belgium. Like I yes. don't care about the plane. Yes. Like- <laughs> yes. Yes. Get me to where I need to go. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It has been amazing talking to you. Thank you so much for tuning in, for being able to be on the show. Totally. Um, I'm so excited about all the things that you're doing. I can't wait. I'm going to definitely pre-order. Everybody, please check out on Amazon pre-order. That is really what helps artists. If you really want to support artists. Pre-ordering makes so much of a difference Mm -hmm. um, for sales and also for rankings, all of those things. So please do it. Uh, Make sure you follow him. Of course, you can also follow us on Instagram at Poetry is Freedom. You can also follow our show, leave a review, a comment, shout out Daryl, let him know that you love this episode. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you later. Thank y'all so much for being here. If you want to find all of our information about what happened this week, what I'm still thinking about, what I'm reflecting on, head on over to our Instagram page at Poetry is Freedom. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Poetry is Free Pod. If you want to follow me, your host, Larissa Denise, on my personal Twitter account, you can find me at Say Larissa Denise. That is S-A-Y-L-A-R-I-S-A-D-E-N-I-S-E. 
if you want to find where I got my poetry, can I read it again? Oh my gosh, it was so amazing. Go ahead and head over to poetryisfreedom.com. And of course, please leave a review if you loved it. If you hated it, tell me why. I would love to hear all of your thoughts, suggestions, and comments. Y'all have a great day. Free.